In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I have to say that that initial problem with the microphone reminded me of the time the priest was having problems with his microphone, and he's tapping it and said, there's something wrong with this bleepity bleepity bleak microphone. And just as he said it, it turned on, and everybody in the congregation said, and with your spirit. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, today is the second Sunday of Advent in preparation for the greatest gift humanity has ever received, which is the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the readings that we have heard today are packed with symbolism, with prophecy, with understanding of what that mystery is that we have received. This first reading from Isaiah, it speaks about on that day, on that day. It says it again at the end of the reading. At Easter time, we will say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The day of the Lord is the time of Jesus Christ, which we live in now. It's not just a single day. No, it refers to this time in which Christ has come to give us the opportunity, the grace, the possibility of coming home to the Father through him as our Lord and Savior. And so Isaiah speaks of that day in which the Savior will come to live among us. But he says, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. And at the end again, he says, the root of Jesse will be set up as a signal for the nations. What is that? What's the stump of Jesse? You see, Jesse was the father of King David. And the Messiah was said to be of the lineage of David. He would come through David's line. And yet, in the time of Isaiah, that line had been cut off. The Israelites were attacked. They were sent into exile. There was no longer a kingdom with kings being succeeding one another down to the time of Jesus because then they, later they were under the power of Rome, etc. And so the tree that it should have been of Jesse with the branches spreading out as one king after another ruled the world all of a sudden was cut off. It became a stump. And so Isaiah says, from that stump in the lineage of David will come forth a blossom. And that's Jesus. It's a reference to the coming of the Messiah whose kingdom will not end, whose kingdom will remain forever. And he will, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. This text right here was read when you were confirmed. It's the prayer that we pray over the baptized on the day of their confirmation that they will receive the spirit of the Lord with the seven gifts a spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and strength, knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. This Christ who comes with the Spirit of God and wants to give that Spirit to us so that we can return to the Father from what was lost by the sin of Adam and Eve and all generations after them down to us. And so here we have it. The prophecy of what is to come, and then John in the gospel saying, the time has come. There's one coming after me who I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. Isaiah's prophecy will come true. I am the voice in the desert that Isaiah spoke about. 
calling out, repent, and believe in the Lord. Jesus wants to bring us peace. Did you, did you listen to the, the symbolism of the images in this reading? I mean, think about it. It says, well, first, before that, it says, he shall strike the ruthless with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. What does that mean? Jesus will come to proclaim the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And thus he's coming to tell us who God is, who we are, why we're here, where we're going, what's the meaning of our life, and what we need to do to get to our ultimate destiny, to be with God forever. Jesus comes to proclaim the truth of the gospel, the truth of God, the truth that it will set each one of us free. We can either live in accordance with that truth, and I know we all fail at that all the time. I know I do. I'll speak for myself. We need a lot to do to, to really live in accordance with the truth in our lives. Every sin, in a way, one way or another, is a lie because it's a deception. And so he is calling us to live in the truth. And that is what will slay the wicked. Because if they're not willing to live in the truth, they will die. Like the shaft that will be burned in the fire, as John the Baptist said. That truth will set us free. And what will bring it? What will it bring with it? He says that these images are so powerful. He says, the wolf will be the guest of the lamb. The leopard will lie with the kid. The calf and the young lion will browse together, and a little child will guide them. The cow and the bear will be neighbors. Their young shall rest together. The lion will eat hay with the ox, and the baby will play in the cobra's den, and the child lay his hand in the adder's lair. Wow. All of these images are of things that one would obviously tear apart the other. These are, in and of themselves, in the world that we live in, objects of division, not of unity. Objects of hatred, to devour, not to live in harmony and peace. Have we seen this in our world? Look at the world today. Look how divided it is. Is the peace of Christ reigning in the world that we live in? Where there's war, discrimination, Hatred, political unrest, ideologies that are a culture of death and the destruction of life. So many things that we could throw our arms up in anxiety and in despair and say, Lord, didn't you come to save the day? What is wrong with our world that doesn't respond to the love of God? What is wrong with me? that I don't respond to it in my own life, in my own marriage, in my own family, in my own society, in my own church. Jesus has come to bring us peace and harmony, unity and love. These aren't castles in the sky 
ideals. No, they're realities that he wants to give us as his sons and daughters. And not just to us, not just to the Jews, but as both of these texts say, the Gentiles will come to seek this out. He has come to save all people. He wants our Muslim brothers and sisters to be saved. He wants our Buddhist brothers and sisters to be saved. He wants every human being, atheist or believer, to come to the truth and find in him the salvation that he came to give us. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. But it's necessary for us to prepare a place for him. Because this harmony and this peace that he wants, where there's no division, the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the kid, instead of there being this, this division, he wants there to be this unity and harmony and peace, has to begin at home. That means it has to begin in your heart. What kind of Advent are we living this year? Is it, you know, most of us here have probably lived a few Advents. It's not the first one. This ain't our first rodeo. We've been around the block a few times. We know it's this time of year. Hey, Christmas is coming. We've got our list out probably. Got to get the lights on the house. Got to get the trees set up. Got to get the gifts for the family. And got to make sure the ham and whatever we're going to have for Christmas dinner is, is in the fridge or so it can be in the oven on time. You know, even commercially, all the stores are out there promoting all this. There's, there's all these external things that are good. They're great. You should set up the tree and put on the lights and understand the true meaning of them all as signs of faith of the coming of the Savior of the world. But if I'm just living another Advent in the external aspects without allowing it to permeate the depth of my heart in a, such a way that I find in me this harmony and peace to receive the Savior, I am allowing him to rid me of the divisions of my own heart. Maybe somebody's offended me, and in my heart I hold on to a certain rancor, a certain anger, a certain even hatred towards that person. And so I'm not living in the harmony and peace, but in the division that comes from that ugly sentiment. And maybe he wants me to come to him and, and say, Lord, cleanse me and rid me of this internal division that's in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, whether it's toward this person or, or towards this politician or towards this whatever. What am I allowing to divide me? Maybe it's material goods or things or, or vices. Maybe it's not vices. Maybe it's just I'm attached to something more than God. No. My cell phone seems to be today the... I, we were talking about that in the sacristy before Mass, about how technology has advanced so much in the last years. And yet Jesus didn't come in this age. It would have been so easy for Jesus to have an app and say, hey, I'm here, the Savior of the world. And everybody in the world gets it. Boom, shoom. He's on Twitter. You know? And yet Jesus came in a moment of history in great simplicity and humility and has been proclaimed through the ages because those who have understood who he is and what he's about, no, nothing else can take his place. Have I let anything else, in one way or another, take his place in my life? 
is there something in my heart that has got me divided in any way? Because living Advent is about letting go of that. John the Baptist says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I preach to you a baptism of repentance. Our response to this gift of God has to be one of saying, Lord, purify my soul and allow me to come closer to you to prepare my heart so that there's no division within me, but rather the unity and the harmony and the peace that only you can give. St. Paul to the Romans says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another, in keeping with Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, sometimes we have enough trouble having harmony in our own household, let alone having it in our community or in our society or in our whole world. And yet he's calling us to this. And that begins by allowing it to happen right here. Now if each husband and wife find the peace of so in their soul of being free of the division and sinfulness of their own self, they'll be greater in their union amongst themselves. Parents with their children and children with their parents, brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. We can make a difference if we truly allow the gospel of Christ and the proclamation of that gospel, the truth that he preaches to us to set us free in a world that oftentimes denies that very truth, whether it be in matters of life, as in our culture and society today with so much hatred and killing and abortion, euthanasia, whether it be in the matter of morality, where sexuality is no longer about no sacredness of love and life, but about selfish pleasures to be satisfied whichever way we want to satisfy them ourselves, not according to God, but according to our own whims. Whether it be about political ideas, social ways, cultural things, whatever it might be, does the truth, am I allowing the truth of Jesus Christ, not my truth or your truth, his truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father except through him, his words, not mine. Am I allowing that truth to be what sets me free? Am I allowing that to get the division and the hatred and the, the, the whatever it is that's not him in my heart out so that he can fill me with himself and Christmas can be fulfilled in me because I allow him to take full possession of me. That's a question we all have to ask. You can't ask it for me and I can't ask it for you. You have to ask it for yourself. You can't ask it for your husband or your wife or your kids or your mom or dad. Am I, put your name, allowing the truth of Jesus Christ to set me free?
am I preparing this Advent to receive him so that he can grant me this peace, this harmony, this charity, this humility, this virtue, this love that he wants to grant to every human being on the face of the earth? And am I going to be an instrument of that to make Christmas happen to those around me? Because if not, I don't know. I hope you enjoy the ham. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.